And I want you to picture, you know, about, you know, your life. There are many things that you do. Which thing do you find it just easy to do? You love to do it. And you can do it for hours without anybody pressurizing you. The reason why you're able to do that is because that activity meets all your needs at a very high level. All those six needs that remain, saturnity, uncertainty, significance, um, you know, uh, contribution, all those needs that we, we, we stated. That activity meets those needs at a very high level. And there's a reason why we are doing that. Now, the, 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 and that means that if you find ways or, you know, a few, you know, vehicles, as we call them, um, if, you, if you find a few vehicles that meet all those six needs of yours, and you can find yourself then full of drive, and you know what to do to achieve your goals. That means anything that you find yourself doing effortlessly is actually addressing those six needs that we have. And the reason why we want to highlight that as part of your assignment is because anytime you want to make a change in your life, for example, we would go for a meeting like today and you hear the Lord speaking to you and he's telling you there's something that you need to do, there's something that you need to change, there's something that you need to adjust, there's a, um, an habit or something that you need to change. Um, now, the Lord can't make that change for you. He won't come and, and force you to make that change. He will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. and you, know, you need to make this change. And what we are trying to say is that if you really are aware, you can leverage this thing that we've learned here to change any behavior, to change any behavior. So, for example, if you, uh, if you, if, if you find something that... Uh, there may be, for you know, something that you don't like to do. You, you, it doesn't come naturally, but you feel talent that you need to change it. You find something that you don't, it, it does not come to you naturally. It means that if you can actually investigate along those six uh, items and find a reason of aligning each of those things to that need, you can actually make that change. 
And what we are saying in this message is that the power is within you to make any change, any adjustment that you want. You can change any behavior, but it begins with an awareness. You must become aware of what you are doing, what you are doing and why, and then find the new patterns of fulfillment. That's why we spend a lot of time on this. And this exercise is very, very important. For example, let me give you a very good example. Let's say, uh, and this is really a very basic, basic example. Let's say find you, you don't like, you find it difficult to clean the house. You know, um, you know, when people tell you clean the house, it's, it just traumatizes you. It's just difficult. You don't like it. You, you know, it's just a pain for you. Um, you don't like it. You don't enjoy it. Now, applying these six levels of significance, the first thing, if you want to begin to change and to love cleaning your house, the first thing you start is, let's start with certainty. What could you do to believe, to make you believe that actually um, cleaning your house is something that is comfortable and also pleasurable? I know you don't like doing it. So what would you do? You would go in and then look at God's word. What does God's word say about you know, neatness, cleanliness, orderliness. You, you look at scripture along those lines and start th- saying, what does God say about this thing? Because if you can then align that with God's why, it can begin to answer the question, the why. Why am I doing it? You are getting certainty about why you're doing it. So you scourge through scripture and see what does the Lord say about neatness, cleanliness, orderliness? What does the Bible say about that? By focusing on what scripture says about that, you're answering the first question of certainty. Or you say, oh, actually, it's God's plan for you to be orderly. God likes order. He likes cleanliness. Uh, he, you know, he likes excellence. Those are all attributes of God. That's what we are saying. We say, oh, how excellent is our God. He loves excellence. And excellence speaks about order. So you now begin to understand what does God say about that particular thing? Certainty. So when you're scarring through scripture, you are looking at what does God say about this thing? To ask the question, why should I actually make this change? Then the second level that human need is the issue of uncertainty or variety. How could I bring more variety to this task? So you can say, okay, maybe how can I, you know, bring variety to it? You know, I can say, you know, when I'm cleaning the house, I'm, I'm you know, I'm going to be putting my music. I'm going to be playing. Um, maybe uh, I'm listening to my, a message or listening to a music. You're bringing variety that house cleaning so that it becomes a pleasurable experience. So your variety is not just mundane. It is something that you look forward to because you know when you are cleaning the house, there's a particular you know, radio program you listen to, a message you listen to, you know, so that, that cleaning the house becomes measurable. You're answering the second need. And the third one is significance. You say, oh, cleaning the house. I have heard all the Lord is speaking to me about. I'm clear about God's intention for excellence. But how can I find significance? How can I appreciate how important this is? You start saying, you know what? Can I get good at it? How can I clean my house and make it the best so that when visitors come in, they, they can appreciate the cleanliness of my house, the orderliness. You are now beginning to get some significance attached to what was a very ordinary exercise of cleaning the house. So you take that again. How can I appreciate how important this is? You are looking, you can, you know, compare, you look at hard houses, you check videos, you see how they have organized the house and, and you say, oh, if I can make this, can actually become a significant thing. 
Yet you tick that box. The next thing is connection and love. How can I feel more love when I'm doing this, when I'm cleaning the house? How can I make this a connection? You can say, oh, maybe you love praying for your children, which I think is a great thing that we all, you know, as parents, we want to do. You can be saying, okay, whenever I'm cleaning the house, because it's a whole one hour or two hours, I'm going to be using that time to, to pray for my children. So you are cleaning the house, but you're interceding for your sons, for your daughters. You're cleaning, you're connecting with God as part of cleaning of the house. It's a mundane task of cleaning the house, but you're actually connecting, using that time to connect with God, to pray for your family, to pray for your children. So when you now think about coming to clean the house, it's not just cleaning the house, but you're actually now using, having a connection with God because there's an appointment that you have. You're cleaning the house, but you're praying for your family, praying for your children, and it becomes such an appointment with God that really brings a very big difference. So you're answering that question of connection and love. And then the final one is growth and contribution. How can I feel like I'm growing and I'm contributing? It is just a cleaning of the house. But you know what? By doing this, I'm contributing. I'm contributing to the family. I'm making it easier for you know, the family to live in a great place. You feel like, you know, you are, you know, let's say if you are a daughter or you are a son, you, you are contributing to that family when your parents come home and, and they found the house clean and it's organized. You feel like, wow, I'm really contributing to this family. I'm making a, a significant contribution, whether you are a wife or husband, you know, you're making a huge contribution. So what was a simple task of cleaning the house that you hated? Now, all of a sudden, by going through these six levels, it becomes an activity that you actually look forward to. And now it becomes very, very easy because you have answered this question. It becomes something very, very easy, which feels, uh, which, which answers stage one year, which feels good, is good for you, is good for others, and serves the greater good. And once it reaches here, you become unstoppable. You become an unstoppable machine because it is now becoming very, very easy. So why have we spent time on this? Because brethren, this is life-changing because you can change any behavior. You can partner. Number one, you can change any behavior. Number two, it brings a new dimension to reading God's word. Because you are pouring God's word to look at what does God say about this? What is God you know, teaching for us? What is he saying about this? So very, very maintained a very simple example that I've given to you that you can apply to any area in your life where you feel the spirit of God challenging you to change. You just follow those through these six levels. Yet understand what the scripture is saying. Client, certain significance, connection, growth, and all of a sudden you find yourself making an absolute change, absolute transformation. And you will not only be successful, but you'll actually begin to find joy and happiness because you realize actually you're in control. You're not just, you know, completely you know, out of control. You realize actually you are in control. The power is in hands. That's why this thing is entitled personal power. That the power to change is within you. It's, you don't need some external thing. The power to change is actually within us. And we can be able to embrace that and partner with God to make any shift, any change that we need. So that's about uh, human needs. And I thought I should just um, you know, amplify that as we uh, bring closure to that and as we dive into today's lesson, which is how to get more time for you to do what matters most, how to get more time for what matters to you. Time is a very important thing. I don't know about you, but we are all screaming for more time. We wish that we had more time, we wish that we had more hours added unto us. Time is a big, big issue. It's a big resource. And when you know how to use time, 
It, it can actually be a very good stepping stone for you living an extraordinary life. What does the word of God say about time? If you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 17, the Bible challenges us here. It says, be careful how you live. Do not be unwise twice. It says, making the best use of your time because the times are evil. Understand what the Lord's will is. So Paul, desiring to encourage the efficient church, he told them, no, 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 when it comes to this thing around time, be careful. When it comes to living, be careful how you live. It means pay attention. And he says, don't be unwise, but wise. And he says, make the best use of your time because the times are evil. He says, first of all, the times are bad, but also our time is limited. So Paul amplifies that as he talks to the efficient church. In the psalmist in Psalm 912, he also you know, comes up and talks about time. He says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So the psalmist observed and realized, you know what? As human beings, we have a tendency to stop you know, numbering our days. We have a tendency to just keep going without monitoring about time. And then, you know, days turn into weeks and weeks into months and months into years. And you look back and you wonder, hey, what happened here? How did time just, you say, oh, time flew. You know, it flies. The psalmist came and said, teach us to number our days. We are here in this world for a short time. And God wants us to walk in his will and leave maximum impact. And we cannot do that if we don't really appreciate this whole concept of time. In, Pro in Proverbs chapter 16, verses 9, the Bible says, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directed his steps. It means we may, a man's heart finds ways or plans, but it's God that orders his steps, ordering of steps. It means giving direction. And in Colossians chapter 4, verses 5, again, Paul writes to the Colossian church, he says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without, redeeming the time. He's saying redeem time. So Paul is saying to the Colossian church, when it comes to time, you need to redeem the time. And says, behave wisely toward outsiders, making the best use of your time. All this scripture is alluding to time. And one, we're being told, Paul says, the Ephesians, be careful. Make be you know make the best use of your time. The psalmist tells number your days. Understand that we are not here for you know forever. And in Colossians he's saying you know what redeem the time. It just speaks about the value and the importance of time. And today we are living in a world where there are more demands on us, you know, than any other time. Maybe we, we think that because now we have technology, we have computers, we have, you know, all these, you know, fast, fast things. We thought maybe we would have more time available, but it's exactly the opposite. We can never catch up with time. We are trying to be everything. We want to be a, a great father. You want to be a great wife, a great mother, a great daughter, great son, a, Best love of God, a best friend of the world. You want to be seen in the, in the, you know, active in the country, active in the community. You want to be also be active in the church spiritually. You know, there's just so much pressure to be everything. Yet there's not so much, um, you know, time that we have. So how do we deal with this? How do we, you know, how do we then, given all these pressures? We use time well. How do we ensure that we actually do what we need to do within the time? But we begin first of all by saying, answer the question, what is time? What is time? Time is not just 24 hours that we have been given. And I think it's part of that. But it's not really 24 hours. Because time is actually really nothing but a feeling. And I want to explain to you what, what we mean by this. 
Um, so which means that because time is a feeling, if you want more time, you simply need to manage your feelings. And remember, we have just finished talking about how to manage your feelings, how to bring everything under control yourself, that everything is within you to manage the feelings. We've been talking about that since day one. If you noticed, it's been how do we manage, harness the feelings and make sure that we can determine you know, the feelings, we can determine, we can be in control ourselves. So if you want more time, he's saying simply manage your feelings. And I want to tell you why, because you, you, you agree with me, you have had periods in your life where time just flew. You know, you had no stress, everything seemed to flow effortlessly and time was just moving and you could be, you know, doing that throughout the whole day. It's like, Time was just out of control. You didn't care about it. You know, time was just moving. You are not, you know, you can stay the whole night and, um, you know, and time just seems to fly, which I think it has happened to me a number of times. You know, fortunately, as, as I speak, where you, you, you know, you just like, just go on and go on and go on. Time just seems to stop and, you know, and, you know, not to, you don't, you don't know what time it is. There have been those moments, but you also, Aware that you had memories when time stood still, where you know every second looked like eternity. You know, you have like 10 minutes, but those 10 minutes they look so long, they look like a whole year, they look like a whole day. You're just 10 minutes, but they are so long, you know. So if you took at those two situations, there are times when 10 minutes looks like a whole day. You can't wait for 10 minutes to end. It looks like you are counting, you are counting, you are counting, and it seems not to end. You know, yet the another day, you can see the whole day, you don't mind, you're not counting the time, time just time to flow effortlessly. Why? It is because of the feelings we generate about the subject of time. The feelings that you generate about time determines how you, how you feel about time. So if you can then control your feelings, you can actually direct your energy to whatever you want to be, right? So that you can, if you, you can be able to control those feelings and generate those feelings and you can actually direct them to either the first event where actually time looks effortless. And, or if you don't do that, you can end up in a situation where time just seems to be stuck and you can't wait, it's not going and it's just a drag in your life. And I think that's why this thing is so important because if we're going to manage time, we need to know that time is really nothing but our feeling. It's not just 24 hours. So if we want more time, we simply need to create, to manage our feelings so that we can direct them the way we want them to go. So how do we do this? We come back to what we call the power of focus. What you focus on determines how you feel. What you focus on determines how you feel. The reason why that time seems like it is an ending. The reason why that time looks like it is on a standstill is because you are focusing on something that you like, is on something that you love, you enjoy. And so all your focus is on it. And so all of a sudden, because you enjoy what you're doing, time just seems to just go and you want it not to end. That's, that's where your focus is. So we've got this very simple rapid planning method that has been tested that I wanted to share with us, which is a simple way that helps us actually manage time. And it begins with deciding in advance what you want to focus on. Remember I've said what you focus on determines how you feel. 
So if you can harness your energy and focus on the right things, focus on what God wants you to do, focus on the things that God directs you. That's why the Bible keeps keeps talking about God's will, ensuring that you are focusing on God's will, God's will in your life. If you can focus on God's will for your life, you can decide in advance and, and understand what God's will is in your life and focus on it. Then you can be actually you can be able to get very very good results when it comes to time management and that's why you know this man called Henry Thoreau said it's not enough to be busy the question is what are we busy about because we can be busy the whole day busy 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 no time and we ask you what were you busy about you can't really figure out what you are doing why you do not have focus so get yourself to focus every single day on what it will take for you to get the results you are really after. What is it that you really want? What do you want to do? And we've been talking about that, the power of focus from this beginning of this 30-day challenge, the power of focus. Get yourself to focus every single day on what it will take for you to get the results you are really after. And then apply this and you'll see it working. What do we mean by that? There are three questions that, uh, that unlock the power when it comes to time management. If you want to get more time for what matters to you, the first thing is, which is R, it stands for what do I really want. What do I really want. Remember, we talked about it when the Lord Jesus was healing people when he met blind Bartimaeus. He asked him, What do you want? You know, what do you want? He said, Okay, you want to be healed, then you are healed. He always asked people, What do you want? So, again, really focusing on what you really want is key. And that stands for the first R. The results, what I really want. You start with the end in mind. What is my outcome? What do I want to get? What is the specific result I'm committed to achieving? You know, what you are doing, you are now beginning to focus your energy and your time on what really matters. And when you focus your time and energy on what really matters, it kills out everything else, every clutter, distractions, just gets it out of your life. And you become focused and you become, you actually begin to deliver extraordinary results in your life. So the first R is R, is results. What you really want. And as part of this 30-day challenge, and all this thing, we keep challenging you. What do you really want? Sit in your finances, in your relationships, in your spiritual work with God. Do you want to get deeper with God? Do you want to see God? Do you want to be, you know, to be used of God? And more, do you want to become a vessel that God can use? And in these last days when nobody wants to offer himself as a sacrifice, do you really want, is, do you want to be used of God? What do you really want? You know, maybe it is in your business or in your career. What do you really want? What is my outcome? What is the specific result I'm committed to achieving? You begin with the end in mind. That stands for R for results. P stands for purpose. Oh, why do I really want it? What's my purpose? It's not just, oh, I want to become, I want to have a lot of money for what? What is the reason? But when you begin to say, you know what, I really want to, you know, to have enough resources to change my community and change my family and change the ministry, and that you are touching a purpose, why you really want what you want to do. And when you attach a purpose, you become unstoppable because you are now solving a bigger equation. Why am I, why do I want my business to double in sales? Why do I want to get to close that deal and win that big tender? Why? Is it just because you want to have money? No, I say, oh no, because I know if this comes through, you know, the church is going to benefit, the family is going to benefit, our community is going to benefit. There's a big reason of why do I really want it? What is my purpose? And lastly, which is the M 
stands for what specific actions must I take to make this happen? What is my massive action plan? What we call it MAP. What is my massive action plan? What specific action will you take to make this happen? And put it down. Say, I'm going to start doing this. I'll start waking up in the morning. I'll start doing one hour. I'll start carving out 30 minutes. I'll start exercising. I'll start investing. I'll start, um, you know, I'll join, um, you know, company or society or group, you're beginning to, to really come up with an action plan, a specific action plan. When you answer these three questions, these three results, purpose, and you have a map, let me tell you, you'll be on a journey to lead an extraordinary life. And it applies to every area of our life, in our spiritual work with God, in our service for God, in business, career, everything. What is your RPM? What do you really want? Why do you really want it? And what is your massive action plan that you are working on? When you have this and focus, you become unstoppable. You remove clutter, you remove confusion, you are focused, and you know what? You become unstoppable and you're on your way to leading an extraordinary life. Allow me to pause there. I know I'm provoking you to go and read more. It's in the notebooks um, that we've given to you. This uh, It's explained there. I want you to prayerfully just go look at it. And ask yourself, what am I really solving for in my life? This year, 2023, how am I progressing? Maybe you set goals in the beginning of the year. Good RPM. What do I really want? What do I, why do I want it? What is my massive action plan? And then focus on it. You become unstoppable. And you'll be on your way to achieving massive things. Let me stop there. <laughs> Yeah, you 